This is the Point of Drew Podcast. What is good, Drewthers? It's B, it's Z, we're back. Uh, eight weeks into the NFL season. Um, it's been a fun ride so far. We figured we'd tap in and uh, go through a little bit of a mid-season recap, a little bit of an overview of where we're at in the, uh, the playoff standings. we got a, a lot to unpack. It's been a, a crazy NFL year uh, so far, but I'm looking forward. We're due for a catch-up, Z. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, we've seen some surprises around the league since the last time we talked NFL on the pod, so... It was only right that we uh, get back to it and, and uh, talk about where we're headed uh, halfway through the season right now. Yeah, man, the playoff picture is really shaped, coming into form as it does around at the halfway point of the season. So um, we're going to be using previous years to kind of unpack um, what we think the playoff picture can look like by the end of this season, predicting, hey, which teams um, are here to stay and which teams may be faltering down the stretch and, and drop out of that race. So looking forward to unpacking it. Um, and yeah, we, we should we should be providing some, some keen insights to the Druthers. Yeah, keen insights on the way. But first, a word from our friends over at Shogs Bagels. Okay, Druthers. Big news from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. Shug's After Hours is officially live. Yes, it's true. The Druther favorite, the mecca of bagels in the state of Texas, Shug's is opening a late night ghost kitchen concept that will operate on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. They'll be serving up all their traditional breakfast and lunch favorites, in addition to a few late night classics. We're talking pizza bagels, mod sticks, even mac and cheese bites. Woo! <laughs> not to mention a wide selection of bevies chock full of alcohol. This is not going to be something any Druther will want to miss out on. Go pay him a visit. Visit late night at their location in Park City's Village just off of SMU campus. Shugs after hours. Open later than literally any other bagel shop in Texas. All right, Barton, you mentioned it. We've got a lot to look forward to, a lot that's happened so far halfway through this NFL season right now. Uh, figured we could we could start off just by listing off the current playoff picture um, on the pod. So I'll, I'll kind of go through what it looks like. I'll start in the AFC right now. Uh, so the number one seed, and this would just be at the, the season ended today. Here's what the current playoff picture would be. Yep. One seed, the Bills. Two seed in the AFC is going to the Titans. Three seed to the Chiefs. The four seed is with the Ravens. Jets in the five. Uh, Dolphins at the six seed. And Chargers rounding out the AFC playoff picture with this seven seed. Getting that uh, final wild card there. Um, over in the NFC side of things, we've got the Eagles. Uh, only undefeated team in the league. Holding down the one spot in the NFC. Uh, we're recording this right before the Thursday night game for the Eagles against uh, Houston. Um, but undefeated as we are recording. We'll see if uh, Houston's got anything to say tonight. But uh, two-seed Vikings in the NFC. Seahawks holding down the three-seed. Atlanta Falcons at the four-seed. Uh, the six-and-two Cowboys in the five-seed. The six-and-two Giants in the six-seed. And rounding things out in the seven-seed are the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so that's the current playoff picture right now. Um, but you kind of brought up the point, kind of looking at the, the past couple seasons, um, really since the playoff uh, kind of expanded to add that seventh team, uh, we really, you know, consistently been seeing a team, maybe two teams every single year that are in that playoff picture midway through the season and then fall out, get replaced. So I want to start there and uh, just have you maybe list the one team um, to start that you're most confident in might fall off, and then we can talk about some other teams who are kind of on that bubble. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great way to frame the discussion to understand. Hey, here's where we're at today, and here's where we're thinking we're going to end up at the end of the season. Um, you mentioned since expanding to the 17 playoff format in 2020, so the past two seasons, looking at the playoff picture in Week Eight, 
in comparison to what, what the season ended at. There's generally two teams in each conference that uh, drop out of the playoff race and are replaced by others. So I think the exercise we wanted to run through today on the pod is um, looking at the playoff race that you just mentioned, the, the per current playoff picture, and, and coming up with you know one to two teams in each conference that are, are uh, primed to, to replace um, you know one of those existing contenders right now. And so um, if you look at the past two seasons, uh, it's it's been it's been pretty crazy. The Packers um, being the one seed the past two seasons, both in 2020 and 2021, they're nowhere near the playoff picture at this point. Three games back in their division, so um, you know that's one to call out. But you know I think here what I, what I would look at if you're looking at the A, we'll start with the AFC and <clears throat> you've got really you know a, I would say a pretty chalky playoff picture based on looking at you know teams that we thought would make it. The Bills are there, the Chiefs are there, the Titans are once again there. Um, Ravens are competitive. The Dolphins, we knew they'd have a little extra juice. The Chargers are, you know, maybe not where we thought they'd be. Maybe underachieved a little bit to this point, but they're they're still in that playoff picture at the seven seed. The real surprise here in the AFC has been the New York Jets, and um, based yeah. on the way our guy Zach Wilson, or I guess I should say my guy Zach Wilson, yeah, been don't playing, put that on me. Yeah, that's that's unfair. Uh, my guy, I haven't sold all my Zach Wilson stock, but it, man, it's it's. Uh, it's going for low dollar right now, so I don't know if I'm taking on any more. Um, but the Jets are that team right now in the AFC that you, you know just don't really have any business, um, you know, in that current playoff picture. Very unlikely to see them finish the year in the race. Um, so they would be the candidate for me in the AFC, where I don't think the Jets can maintain their ability to stay in. So it comes down to, all right, if the Jets are going to fall out of this playoff race. Who, which AFC team is likely to replace them? And you know, I think the the first one you look at is the defending AFC champs, the Bengals. Um, you know, currently sitting at four and four after that Monday night beatdown in Cleveland on Halloween. Uh, a little bit surprising. They've struggled to to, to match up with the Browns and that their pass rush. Miles Garrett's absolutely wrecked. Um, those games. Burrow's 0-4 now against the Browns in his career, which you'd be, it's pretty shocking at this point. But I think the Bengals are, are a likely candidate to, to you know play out the rest of the year, continue to improve. I mean, Jamar Chase being out six weeks is tough, but you got to think the Bengals, um, you know, coming off a, a Super Bowl appearance with the talent that they do have, um, likely going to make a push for, for the playoff spot. And obviously the Jets falling out. Um, I would say one other team has caught my eye. Uh, the AFC is a little bit, you know, more chalk than the NFC. The NFC is pretty wide open, so I think there's a lot more to discuss there. But I will call out one other AFC team that I think, I think has a chance here um, that's not currently in the playoff picture, and I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. They, they may be two and six at the halfway point, but all six of their losses this season have been in one-score games. They've had six one-score games, and they've lost all of them. So you gotta, you got to expect some regression towards the mean there. The Jags likely to start winning a couple of those games. And I think, you know, given their division, Colts not being a good team, the Texans obviously struggling, um, you know, they're going to have a chance to get some easy ones and potentially make a run here for one of those wild-card spots. I'm not predicting them to catch the Titans in that division, but I do think the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're looking for some value on a team that's currently not in the playoff picture and has a chance to make a run and, and find their way into one of those wild card spots, I would be putting my money on the Jaguars looking at the playoff picture. Um, I haven't I haven't liked what I've seen out of, uh, out of many of those other AFC teams that are, are right on the bubble. The Patriots don't have a lot of faith in them and what they're doing on offense. The Raiders have looked in like complete disarray. Um, do, do not li like what they're doing, and I'm not going to put any faith in Russell Wilson and the Broncos at this point. So, I mean, that really leaves the Jaguars, I think. I mean, you could go with the Colts. They currently have, a, you know, one game lead up on uh, up on the Jaguars. But, man, I don't, I don't have much faith in Ellinger, you know, running the table here and, and doing anything for the Colts. So, looking at the AFC, man, I think, I think obviously the Jets, uh, a likely team to fall out of there. Um, and I'd like them to be replaced probably with the Bengals. But, you know, I think the Jags are going to have a chance to, to, to fight for a spot here down the stretch. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that, actually. Um, a, a couple points I'll make to the arguments you made there. Um, and I'll start with the, the last one you made about the uh, the Jags possibly getting in or even, you know, the Colts kind of being a team that, uh, you know, we're not going to trust in Ellinger. But I would say right now, the Titans at the two seed is the most out of place team. I think the Titans are soft. I don't think the Titans are a true two seed. 
Uh, I think there are probably five teams in the AFC that are better than the Titans. Uh, they play Sunday night against the Chiefs this week, and it would not surprise me if the, the Titans do start sliding a little bit. Um, obviously, Tannehill's kind of dealing with injuries. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see the Titans start falling apart a little bit, and I, I don't see two teams out of that division making it to the uh, the playoffs out of the AFC South. So, uh, you know, it is kind of still open, even though the Titans have a pretty solid lead right now in the division. They're the only team in the division with a winning record, even. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me to see them start sliding and maybe open the door for a team like the Jags or Indy to uh, you know make it a little bit of a race there. Um, and then to your original argument, the team that I would uh, you know decide is probably going to fall out of these playoffs is also the Jets. I'd agree with you on that one. But I think part of my argument there, I, I think it's really interesting. Uh, right now in the uh, AFC the AFC East currently has three playoff teams, and the first team in the AFC outside of the playoffs is the Patriots. Um, the AFC East is actually really good, um, which is kind of a shock. They've kind of been the joke division over the past 20 years, and it's been all Patriots, everything. Obviously, the, the Bills have been really good the past couple of years. They're probably the best team in football right now, um, but... I could just see that division kind of starting to beat each other up, and I do see the Jets probably taking the the hits the hardest out of any of those teams in that division. Um, they're also the only division in the AFC East, or the AFC East is the only division in the AFC where all four teams are 500 or better, um, which is you know pretty crazy right now. There are a lot of divisions like the I think the AFC West. Um, there's only one team with a winning record. You've got the AFC North, only one team with a winning record. AFC South, only one team with a winning record. Um, so I guess AFC West has two. I guess the Chargers are four and three, I think. But um, I mean, still the point stands. The AFC East is probably the best division. I think they're going to beat each other up. And I just think the Jets aren't quite ready to actually contend and try and get in the playoffs. Um, so I could see them falling out. And the, the other team I would want to mention... Uh, that I don't have a ton of faith in right now is the Ravens. Uh, I do think since he's probably coming for that division, and it's going to be tough for the Ravens to you know grab one of these wild card spots because you do have you know teams like the Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots who are all going to be right there. They kind of have similar records to the Ravens right now, so uh, that could be interesting. I do think since he probably ends up winning the division despite the Ravens having the lead right now. Yeah, it's, those are two interesting races, right? In, in the AFC East, uh, as well as the AFC South, or excuse me, the North. I like what you mentioned about the Bengals catching the Ravens, but I will say, look at the, looking at the Ravens' next four games, uh, they've got at home against the Panthers, in Jacksonville, at home against Russ Wilson and the Broncos, and then at Pittsburgh. So, you know, you're looking uh, at four pretty yeah. pretty cupcake games right there where the Bengals can continue to distance themselves from, or excuse me, the Ravens can continue, can continue to distance themselves from the Bengals. So schedule is favorable for Baltimore, but I agree. I, I like what I see more out of the Bengals. I have a little bit more faith in Burrow than Lamar. And, man, that Ravens defense has looked suspect this year given the talent they had. So we'll be interested to see, you know, how that, that division plays out. Um, and then on your point about the Titans, man, being probably, you know, they're, they're once again at the top of the, the standings in the AFC at, at number two right now. Um, you mentioned them being the fifth best team, most likely. Keep in mind, they were the one seed last year and no one had yeah. any faith in them. They're probably the fourth or the fifth best team in the AFC. So year after year, despite not really getting a lot of buy-in, Vrabel still gets it done with those guys. And so, man, I, I see what you're saying. And if, especially if Tannehill misses time, it did not look what we saw to Malik Willis, obviously, but looks like Tannehill's coming back. And man, I, looking at that division, I, I like the Jags to make a run for, for a wild card spot, but I, I think the Titans are a tough team to pick against in, in, in the South. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I mean, the yeah, the, the Jags, it's going to be tough for the Jags, man. I mean, they they actually came out of the gates looking really good this season. I thought they were pretty exciting. They're definitely exceeding my expectations. It's, that's kind of simmered over the past couple of weeks. Um, I regret waking up early on Sunday morning and watching the entire London game against <laughs> Denver. Uh, but I did that and 
I don't know. I just can't buy into Trevor Lawrence right now. I just don't think he has it. But uh, I do think overall the Jags are kind of heading in the right direction. They're in all of the games they're playing. They're competitive. Uh, just need to find a way to actually win some. Yeah, Jags three and one to start the season after that that big win against the the Chargers in L.A. Uh, have lost five in a row since all one score games. So you got to think they're going to get on the, the right side of that. If, if Trevor Lawrence cannot throw interceptions in the red zone, which is really plagued that team, but you know I, I think you know we're pretty aligned in the AFC in terms of you know Jets looking like frauds at this point, looking like they're not going to end up in the playoff mix come the end of the season and well we're pretty bullish on on both the Bengals uh as well as the Jags we'll see if it happens yeah I guess the the two teams we didn't really mention at all in that conversation I mean we didn't mention the Chiefs and I think for a good reason I think they are safely going to make the playoffs at this point um they're kind of running away with the division right now and there isn't much of a scenario unless things just hit the fan where the Chiefs don't make the playoffs but uh I wanted to talk about Miami for a second. What do you think out of the Dolphins right now? They're a team I haven't really been able to figure out. Uh, they're five and three right now in the sixth seed um, in the AFC. I mean, we just talked about how difficult that division is in the AFC East. Do you think Miami could be a team that that potentially falls out? No, man. I think Miami's for real. They're here to stay. Um, if you look at the record, yes, they're five and three. Two of those losses came when Tua was was not a starter. Um, so when Tua's been healthy, uh, he's he's I believe or maybe all three. I think he's undefeated five and zero as a starter um, for for the Dolphins this season. So as long as they can keep Tua upright, which again is a big question mark, um, but I I do think if if they're able to keep Tua healthy, keep those receivers healthy. Uh, and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I, I really like this team to continue to compete. Um, maybe not on the Bills level, but I, I absolutely think they're better than the Patriots. Um, and I, I think yeah. they should have no issue distancing themselves from the Jets. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, well, cool. Any other thoughts on the, the AFC and where things are standing right now? The only other, the only other team I'd mention, and, and you know they're they're well back in the standings, and maybe it's just a bit of a surprise. Is, is are the Raiders going to be yeah. able to turn things around? I mean, uh, I, even though this team has a worse record than Denver, I think most people are more optimistic about their chances to, to actually compete and, and win games. And you know the, the the most puzzling of all is is the loss they had. You know, not scoring against the Saints in New Orleans last week. Um, you know, maybe that was just an off week for them. Um, but man, that looked bad and, and definitely not very inspiring for what could occur the rest of the season. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with that, man. I mean, the Raiders are in fourth place. They're last in the AFC West, um, behind Denver, behind uh, the Chargers, obviously. And then I just don't see them catching the Chiefs, especially after having a loss this year into the Chiefs. Uh, so it's a long road for the Raiders, but still early enough in the season, still 10 games to go for them where they could definitely... Uh, figure a few things out and actually kind of get in that mix. Totally, totally. Well, that'll wrap things for the AFC. Let's move to the NFC, and I'm just going to recap what you mentioned at the top here, what the standings currently are as we sit in Week 8. Uh, Eagles running away with the league right now at 7-0 and not looking to slow down anytime soon. Uh, the, the clear one seed. The two seed, the Vikings, off to a 6-1 and start. Uh, you get a little bit of Titans vibes with them. Uh, not a lot of people buying into to Cousins and that team, but again, 6-1 and one with a great record, a three-game lead over Green Bay in that division in the uh, NFC North. Um, and then a few teams here at, at the three and four seed right now leading their division that are a big surprise. Seattle at the three seed leading the NFC West. Who would have thought we'd be here in week eight? Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and co. Leading the NFC West, which we thought would be one of the more competitive divisions. And then in the fourth seed, you got the Atlanta Falcons leading the uh, NFC South, um, a team that we many thought were rebuilding. But man, Arthur Smith's done a terrific job coaching them up this year, getting the most out of Mariota in that squad. And um, you know, hey, they're they're only four and four, but they are they are you know claiming uh, you know the lead of that division at least at this point. And then to round things out in the wild card spots, two NFC East teams. The Cowboys sitting at six and two at the five seed, and the Giants sitting at six and two at the six seed. So NFC East, um, a bit of a surprise like the AFC East. A lot of competitive teams in each of those divisions, and then to round out the playoff picture at this point, you've got the San Francisco 49ers sitting at four and four at the seven seed. So NFC looking a little bit more wide open at this point. Probably a little bit more uh, likely to have some teams drop off and some teams jump into the mix. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I actually think uh, it's pretty interesting. I think the conferences mirror each other in a, in a lot of ways right now. Um, I mean, so I just went on a spiel about the AFC East, about how good the AFC East is, how all the teams in the AFC East are 500 or better. Exact same story for the NFC East. So the NFC East right now, uh, so AFC East has the one seed, NFC East one seed. AFC East, the five and the six seed. NFC East, the five and the six seed. The first team out on the AFC side, the Patriots. AFC East, the first team out on the NFC side, uh, Washington, uh, out of the NFC East. They really kind of mirror each other in that aspect. And because of that, and just how competitive those divisions are, I'm kind of going to take my same philosophy to the NFC side of things and say that the Giants are probably a team that despite how much I've liked watching them, it seems like a really fun locker room. It seems like Dable's got them fired up. They come out, they compete. I kind of like their mentality. I think they're a team that I could see starting to fall out as the second half of the season really kind of um, starts to take form. Um, I think it's just a tough spot for them in a really tough division. They probably weren't expecting to be 6-2 and two at this point in the season. And I think there may be a, a little bit of reality that starts to set in. They start to hit some struggles. Um, you know, they, they've got a bye week this coming week. So uh, maybe a, a, they lose a little bit of momentum. Who knows? But uh, I do think the Giants are one team I've kind of got an eye on that could start to fall out. Really similar to how I just said the Jets are kind of that team in the AFC. Yeah, you like the Giants. My, my team, my first... First overall draft pick for the team to fall out uh, of the NFC playoff picture. Sorry, Logan. Sorry, uh, <laughs> ATL. Um, uh, rip takeoff. That was that was really sad. But I'm, I'm, I got to do it. The Falcons, I think, are, are the team to drop out. Um, yeah. Look at that division race. The Bucks just one game back at three and five. You got to think Brady and that team are going to wake up at some point here and make a run for that division. Saints. I mean, despite what a weird year they have, they're sitting at three and five, just a game back. So. Um, you know, if I was handicapping, you know, this division, I, I don't think I, I really like the Falcons to, to remain in the lead and, and, and outpace the, the Bucks or for that matter, the Saints. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do feel pretty confident in saying the Falcons are the worst team in the playoffs altogether, not just respective of their conference, but overall, I think of the 14 teams in the playoffs currently, Falcons are probably the team that does not deserve to be there right now. Um, they just got a win last week to bring them to four and four. And I, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to finish the season better than 500. I think the division is, you know, really kind of shaky right now, obviously, um, with the division leader being a four and four team. But I, I don't know if I trust Tom Brady right now, which is a crazy thing to say. That's something we haven't been able to say in, in the past 20 years. Um, you know, but I, I do think that's kind of where I'm at right now on believing in the Bucks and the Saints. I just I can't figure out why, but the Saints just aren't putting together like a winning roster on offense right now with some of the changes at quarterback. Obviously, a lot of injuries. You know, with Jameis getting hurt, but I don't know if Andy Dalton's really a solution of for a team that's trying to you know make a run in the division, get to the playoffs. Um, so I, I'm just not sure I, I trust in the Saints either. So the Falcons, despite being quite possibly the worst team in the playoffs right now, I think they still have a decent shot of finding a way in. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if the Bucks. I mean, they're obviously the, the team that you keep an eye on. Definitely. Can they turn it around with, with Brady and all the talent they have? That remains to be seen. I think there's two other teams, uh, really one other team that has two other teams, I guess, that have been there in recent seasons, but... You know, not exactly, um, you know, been inspiring uh, with their play so far this season. That's the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. Two playoff fixtures over the past couple seasons with, you know, premier quarterbacks or what we thought were premier quarterbacks and uh, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. You know, they're on the outside looking in right now. And, uh, you know, I guess Los Angeles, they've got, I guess, the clearer path to get into the playoffs you know, just being, uh, you know, a, a game and a half back of Seattle and, and, a, and a game back of San Francisco at this point in, in the Rams case. Uh, Packers, three games back of the Vikings in their division, um, but, you know, may have a chance to get in play for the wild card. You know, looking at those two teams, the Rams and the Packers, 
you know, who at this point in time do you think has a better chance to sneak in uh, at a wild card spot or either to win that division in the Rams case? I'd have to pick the Rams. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of all the way out on the Packers right now. I just don't think anyone on the Packers, particularly their quarterback, gives a shit about winning yeah. right now. Um, I don't think he cares at all. I don't see the Packers really putting up all that much of a fight in the second half of the season. Even I see them kind of just flowing through it as they did the, the first half of the season. Um, I think the Rams probably had just a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. They've, they've looked really shaky, especially offensively. Stafford hasn't gotten it together, but it uh, wouldn't shock me if they start to actually figure things out. Um, I just think that they're probably the team that still has a chance. Um, they play the Bucks this coming weekend, which could be a bit of a telling game. I think it's too early to, to start saying, like, oh, this game could decide, a, you know, playoff implications. Too early for that. Uh, but I think we're at the point of the season where we can start to get a sense of that uh, based off of some, some of these, you know, bigger matchups. And I think this matchup this week between the Rams and the Bucks will go a long way in determining if one of those teams is serious about making a run, trying to win their division, or at least getting the hunt. Um, but I'm picking with the Rams. I think they could find a way to sneak in uh, definitely ahead of the Packers. I'd agree with that. Um, you mentioned Packers not having a lot of faith in them. They seem pretty dead in the water at this point. Uh, Rodgers couldn't be more passive-aggressive at this point, um, which begs the question, an interesting one that I want to hear an answer from you on. Um, it's been well-documented, the struggles that both Aaron Rodgers has had this season as well as Russell Wilson. And What I want to know from you, if you're a rookie receiver coming into the league this year, which locker room would you rather be a part of with, with that QB <laughs> Uh, you know, would you rather would you rather be playing uh, for the Broncos and having to deal with Russ Wilson and all that he's had? Um, you know, mostly publicly, it's just been you know a joke. But uh, you know, the, on uh, on the other side, you got Rodgers, which is you know probably a little bit more of a nightmare to deal with privately. So passive aggressive, you know, not not always the eye rolls. I mean, at least Russ is you know a team player and bought in, and, and you're not kind of getting knifed in the back. But I want to hear from you, man, rookie receiver. Who which 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 group would you rather be a part of at this point? I mean, this is an impossible question to answer, but if I was stuck in that position, I think I would rock with Rodgers because I think Rodgers, if I was a rookie receiver, I think Rodgers would just kind of leave me alone. I don't think he's trying to, um, you know, insert himself in every conversation, trying to show me how great of a leader he is, trying like, you know, get me fired up and, and whatever before a game. Like, I think he Rogers would just be cool, and I think uh, I think Wilson would be the exact opposite. I think uh, I think he would be so annoying, um, and I just wouldn't want to put up with that. I'd rather have a quarterback who is kind of just checked out and doesn't really like care. <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, it's I wanted I want to choose Ross, man, because Rogers pisses me off, and um, you know it doesn't it doesn't seem bought in the way like to to Russ's credit like he I, I don't think you can say he's not bought I, bought in at this point like yes it's mostly about himself um but at least you know he's he's playing the part of a, of a you know team leader at QB Rodgers man I mean I just doesn't seem like he gives a shit like and, and I, what I will say about Rodgers is it seems like every chance that he gets he will t uh, he will take a shot at his own team at his own situation. So if they're down, um, he doesn't have a lot of help, and the front office and, and coaching staff hasn't exactly helped him out in the past few off seasons. But man, he wants them to remember that, and he's not going to do them any favors. It seems like almost he wants to make it make, almost himself exacerbate the issues just to say, "Hey, look what you guys left me with." Type of situation. It doesn't seem like he's going to you know try and put his body on the line for his team and try and help them out, get them into the playoffs. Where, as much as I hate to say it, I do think Russ is you know is going to put put himself on the line for his team a little bit more. All that said, all that said. Uh, I just I don't think I could do. I I, I respect Rogers as a even though he's um, you know not exactly a team guy. <laughs> I respect him too much as a quarterback to to pick Russ in this situation. So um, tough question for sure, but I think Rogers is the right answer. Yeah, you you had me for a second. I thought you were about to go Russ with that. Uh, that was gonna be a shock to to me and the Druthers. Uh, I thought you were kind of flipping the script and becoming a Russ guy. Well, I mean, both both QBs without fail, um, just whether it's you know success or failure, they're, they're always going to make it about themselves. So 
Um, you're not exact. You don't exactly have a, a win with either of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, while we're kind of on the the subject of uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and what he is uh, kind of doing in that locker room right now, or what it might be like to play with them. I mean, I think one of the bigger storylines out of this NFL season is kind of where the Packers are at. Um, obviously, you know, we just talked about it. They are outside the playoff picture looking in right now. Three and five record. Um, and, I mean, right now, the Packers look kind of dead in the water. They kind of look out of, out of it. They were the top overall seed in the NFC the past two seasons. I mean, do you think these issues just lie with Aaron Rodgers? Or do you think there's some bigger issues going on in Green Bay? I think there, there's two distinct issues, and one's definitely more obvious than the second. The first being, obviously, Rodgers does not have very many weapons. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is, is looking like their they're clear-cut one at this point with Lazard out. and You know, that guy's a rookie out of Nevada. So, I mean, he's, he's not exactly a guy you should have being your number one pass catcher. Uh, and, and, you know, not, not rounding out that receiver room well. Randall Cobb's gone down with injury. Christian Watson has not looked good in his, his rookie season. And so, yes, Rodgers doesn't have many weapons, and he'll remind you of that every chance he gets. Um, but I think the bigger issue and the less obvious issue is, is on defense. Um, seven, seven picks invested over the last two drafts on that defense, many high picks. Um, and that defense has just not lived up to its talent level at all this season. Uh, looking at DVOA, they're on the back half of the league. And given the talent level, they should be a top 10 defense. And so I think that defense has the most room to improve and I think is the biggest reason why they're 3-5. and five. The Packers, you saw it early on when they were winning some games or at least um, – more competitive at the beginning of the year, you know, they're going to have to win in these 20 to 17 ugly type of situations where, you know, Rodgers makes a couple plays uh, and the defense keeps him in them. And, you know, that's kind of, I guess, you know, the way they were built this season and expecting to win games, um, which, you know, maybe isn't the best approach, but it, it was the reality of their situation. Um, and at this point, the defense has failed that approach. They're not able to keep the games as low scoring as they want. Teams gas them week in, week out. Um, and so, you know, if, if that team is to, to, you know, you mentioned they're left for dead, if they're, if they're able to bounce back at all, um, it's, it's got to be improved play from the defense. They got to get back to one in those 20 to 17 type matchups. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I, I think you just kind of see it in the way they come out and approach games. I think the past two years, it's been, hey, we have this sick quarterback who is just so good that he's going to go be able to win us several games. And despite having no weapons around him, uh, besides Demonte Adams the last couple of years, despite having a pretty mid-defense, uh, Rodgers was able to go salvage games, pull off miracles, um, you know, win games on Hail Marys and make these last, you know, the two-minute drill drive to win the game. Um, this year, with Rodgers as checked out as he seems right now, uh, they're still going into games with that same approach knowing, hey, we're probably going to give up points. Hey, our quarterback has no one to throw the ball to. Um, and they're still you know, saying, Aaron, go win this game for us. That approach is just not going to work this year. And I haven't seen them really try to pivot from that much or try to find different ways to win games. And I think that's what's really hurting them. I haven't seen any kind of change in their overall game plan. Yeah, and you mentioned Packers' number one overall seed the last two seasons. Um, have obviously won uh, the NFC North in each of those seasons. Um, there's a few other streaks. Uh, they're not nearly as in jeopardy as the Packers three games back uh, halfway through the season to the Vikings right now. So that that divisional championship streak is absolutely in jeopardy for the Packers. There's three other streaks uh, currently going, all AFC teams. And I want you to tell me which of these divisional championship streaks is in the most jeopardy at this point. The Titans, they've won the AFC South the past two seasons. The Chiefs, our Chiefs, have won the AFC West the past six seasons, dating back to before even Mahomes was a starter. And uh, the Buffalo Bills have won uh, the AFC East the last two seasons. So Titans, Chiefs, Bills, all currently leading those divisions. But if one of those divisional championship streaks is to go down this season, you know, who do you think, which is most likely and why? So Titans, Chiefs, and Bills, there's one team in there who is just clearly frauds. The Kansas City Chiefs. No, I'm just kidding. It's got to be the Titans. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The Titans are a team who I just don't trust. I think they're kind of soft. 
They've got the two seed in the AFC right now, but I don't think they're a top four, probably top five team in the AFC. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me one bit to see them fall out. Uh, the only problem is I don't think any teams in that division are any good either. Uh, you've got the three, four, and one Colts. Uh, I'm not buying the, the Colts. I don't think they can do it. You've got the two and six Jags. Can the Jags really do it? Probably not. Um, so there is a decent chance that all three of these streaks uh, survive, but the Titans have to be the team with uh, that are the most in jeopardy. Yeah, that's that's the obvious pick, and, and like you mentioned, none of these streaks are are um, all that close to being broken. You feel pretty good about the Titans fending off the contenders in that division, whether it be the Jags or the Colts. Um, you know they've got a pretty comfortable lead. You got to trust what Vrabel is going to be doing down the stretch. Um, the Chiefs, yes, they're only a game up on the Chargers, but you know they've looked pretty dominant. A team that you can probably trust given the last yeah. the, the result of the last six seasons. Um, and then the Bills, I mean, looking like a bigger juggernaut than anyone in the league. Yes, they've got some competitive teams, and you know the Dolphins, Jets, and Pats all kind of you know right on their tails. But um, I don't think anyone has uh, a lot of faith in those teams. You know, taking the crown in the AFC East. So I'm gonna go a little. <laughs> it pains me to say it, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick. A, uh, I'm gonna have a contrarian pick here, and I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs. The the streak to end. I think it's the most likely. I I do not trust um, an AFC South team. I, yes, I mentioned earlier. I like the Jags to to fight for a wild card spot, um, but I just don't see them. You know, making up the ground. Uh, you know, the way the Titans can win down the stretch and what we've seen over past seasons. I will say the Chiefs. While I like them to be a playoff team, no matter what. I do think the Chargers, their best football of the year is ahead of them. And only being a game back, you know, I think they, they can get things together. They're super talented. We saw them really fight with the Chiefs in, in that game earlier this season in Arrowhead. And um, yeah, while the Chiefs did win the first matchup, I just, if, if I'm if I'm gun to my head, if I got to pick one of these, you know, and it pains me to say it, you know, our Chiefs, I, I do think, you know, that would be the team that has the, the most likely chance to, to end the streak, and that being the Los Angeles Chargers overtaking Chiefs for the AFC West crown. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm also uh, glad that you just went gun to your head on this episode rather than gun to you and your family's head yeah, like you did in yeah. the uh, the previous episode. So I'm simmering you're simmering down a little bit I'm, there. I'm sure my family's, you know, not not too 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 pissed off about that either. Yeah. I'd assume not, but uh, the pick, you went with Giannis for MVP when you said that, and Bucks are looking really good right now, and Giannis is looking good. Hey, so. man, I love my family. I wouldn't do it wrong exactly. like that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, cool, well, I mean, I do think, you know, kind of on that same kind of topic, the Titans, they're surprising me. It would be a shock if uh, if the Chargers did come in, um, win the, the AFC West. I think we've seen some surprise teams all around the leagues, both winning and losing teams. Uh, but I wanted to hear from you. Uh, who's your the team right now that has surprised you the, mo the most, whether it's good or bad? Yeah, the team that's been the most confusing and surprising to me so far this season, um, it's been the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they're a team, uh, on this podcast, I picked to contend for the AFC West and, and make the playoffs. I had a lot of faith. Um, and then building off the the playoff appearance they had last year, uh, expected Carr to continue to you know improve his play and, and you know be better than everyone expects him to be. Probably around right, hovering right around a top ten QB. I thought Devontae Adams would would do wonders for that offense, and you know I thought that we got plenty of talent on defense, so they'd be able to hold their own. But man, they've looked really bad and no worse than they did last week uh, against the Saints. Um, absolutely getting beat down in New Orleans, and so. That's been the big surprise for me. Yes, there's been some teams that uh, have won a lot of games, most notably the Giants. Um, you know, who would have thought they'd be six and two with uh, Danny Jones at the helm? Um, I definitely didn't. But you know, they've been impressive. But the team that surprised me the most, honestly, I, I had a lot of faith in the Raiders to, to to be a competitive team this season, and they've looked nothing like that. And so that's been the biggest surprise for me so far. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good point. Um... I mean, you've just been searching for teams that can knock off the Chiefs in the AFC West. <laughs> uh, and the Raiders are definitely one of those teams that, that you had an eye on preseason. Um, but for me, I think probably, you know, they're kind of two teams um, that have surprised me a little bit. 
Um, I think you have to just mention, and this wouldn't be the team I'd go with because I still think this team is probably in a good spot um, going into the second half of the season. They'll figure some things out, and I think they still have a really good chance of winning the division. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but they're 4-4 four and four right now. They've had some really bad losses, some really you know shaky wins, and just have not been able to put all the pieces together. Now you've got Jamar Chase out for the next few weeks. Uh, Burrow has you know struggled in a couple games. He's looked like you know the best quarterback in the league in some other games, but they just aren't finding any consistency. Their O line might be the, the worst O line in the league. Uh, I think the Bengals just have some issues, but I also still see a lot of upside with them. Um, but sitting at four and four right now is much worse than I anticipated uh, as a spot they would be in midway through the season. I, I would expect them to have been, you know, probably six and two at this point. And I think that leads me kind of into the, the team who I think is my biggest surprise is a team who's six and two. And that'd probably be the New York Giants. Yep. Um, definitely a surprise. Wasn't expecting this. I think Daniel Jones is he's been enough, um, which is something I think takes a really good coach to, to make. Um, I think despite Daniel Jones, um, the Giants have found some really good ways to kind of mask, you know, having to use him a ton in the offense. Saquon's been incredible, and they've found really interesting ways to win. They've been doing all the little things that kind of take the pressure off of demanding a bunch out of Daniel Jones and, uh, you know, having a high-powered offense. And that's been really surprising. I think I just really like the way the Giants actually play. I think they come out fired up. They're always energized. It seems like they're, they're all super bought in and love what Dable's doing. So uh, the Giants are my biggest surprise. I think they're actually kind of a fun team right now. Yeah, what a year for Dable. And that, that I mean, I, I feel great for the Giants fans. Finally, after having, you know, a lot of success in, in you know, the, the past, the previous decade with Eli and Co. and Tom Coughlin, um, you know, to finally achieve some success after quite a drought and, with none other than Daniel Jones, a guy who's in a contract year that everyone was kind of writing off as you know not someone who's going to you know get the buy in, and he still may not. I mean, he hasn't been that that impressive, but um, you know he's playing well enough. I think that that locker room is bought in behind him. Um, I love what Dable's done. Love you know the the resilience that team as a whole has had, and definitely a big surprise. So I think that the Giants make a lot of sense there. Um, and and in terms of you know those being the surprising teams, you know, the Giants and the Raiders. You know, who's a player or a couple players that have, have surprised you the most? So <laughs> I, I'll just stick to one player here. Um, but the biggest surprise to me has just been Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it started off as kind of a, oh, Russ has not looked good the first couple of weeks. And now just kind of becoming like a major storyline of the season and almost just everyone tuning in to laugh at how bad he's playing. Because uh, it really has been that rough for Russell Wilson. Um, and I just think that's probably my biggest surprise. It was not something I ever expected coming into the season. Uh, I really did think the Broncos were going to be a pretty solid team this year. And I thought Russell Wilson was going to come in, probably be the second best quarterback. Uh, I, I actually wouldn't put him ahead of Herbert. So maybe like still third best quarterback, I guess, in the AFC West. But, uh, right now he's clearly fourth behind Derek Carr, um, so I was expecting a lot out of the, the AFC West and particularly the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Um, I thought that he could make the AFC West really fun, but he's really just shocked me at how poor he's played this year. It's been, I, I completely agree. It's maybe been one of the bigger surprises of the season. Russell Wilson through eight games is currently PFF's 32nd graded passer Ooh. at this point. Russell Wilson sitting behind the likes of Daniel Jones, of Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota. He's way down the list right now. His play has been pretty horrific um, so far this season. I don't think he's getting a lot of favors from his, his coach, Nate Hackett. <laughs> um, you know, but he has not made the situation any better on himself and or that team. Um, so Russell Wilson, I think it's a it's a great cause. I'll, I won't lie, man. I was I was a little bit nervous coming in this year and looking at that the talent the Broncos had, knowing Russell Wilson, at least the player he used to be, and, and, and looking at the upset of that team as a potential contender in the West. I wasn't fully bought in before the year, and man, I'm happy I didn't because they've been a complete train wreck. And I, I mean, yes, you can blame the coach, but 
Russell Wilson, 32nd grade passer so far this season. So I don't think anyone's more to blame than him. Yeah, I think you're right there. So uh, I'll flip it back to you now to answer the same question. Your biggest surprise uh, player of this, this season so far. Man, it, it's it's kind of uh, – I've got three to list, but it's all kind of the same thing. And uh, looking at PFS player passing grades, I, I, I mentioned Russell Wills being 32. Can you, do you think you can name me number one, two, and three in any order, but the top three graded passers so far through eight weeks? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, the fact you're ask, asking this question makes me want to say Geno Smith is on that list. He is. He is. Um, Kirk Cousins? He's not. Ah, um, all right, well, let me take one more guess. Uh, I guess Hurts. Hertz is in that list. You got one more. All right. Let me see if I can get this last one. Um, highest graded passer. Who's been lighting it up? When he plays, who's been winning games and lighting it up? I mean, Tua? Tua. Yep. My biggest surprise is, who would have thought eight weeks into the season, the wow. top three graded passer in the NFL, Tua Tagovailoa at one, Jalen Hurts at two, and Geno Smith at three. Those three guys uh, are right in front of Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen as the top three graded passers so far this season, which, I mean, if that's not a surprise, I don't know what is. Because, you know, man, uh, I don't think, yes, I mean, you're looking at a couple different situations here. Tua and Jalen Hurts, a lot more parallels. I think both are in their third season uh, within the league. You know, they're young QBs on their rookie contracts that, you know, they're still ascending. Um, you know, the book wasn't out on them, but, you know, definitely didn't have a lot of faith that they'd be, uh, you know, top three in the league in yeah. passing. And um, it goes to show a lot of what their teams have done around them. I mean, Eagles going to get A.J. Brown in the offseason uh, to, to, to help bolster Jalen Hurts and give him a chance to truly develop. And then what the Dolphins did going to get Tyreek in the offseason and, and, you know, what he's done for two as a quarterback, making making things easy on him. So I really like what the, both the Dolphins and the Eagles did going to get, you know, premier blue chip pass catchers for both those young quarterbacks. And, man, the proof is in the pudding because those guys have looked terrific this season. And a lot of it's been in part because of those, those receivers helping him out. And then you look at Geno Smith. Uh, you know, DK goes down. He hasn't even needed the receivers, man. He's been balling. Yeah. He's been lighting it up. Um, yes, you got Lockett. Marquise Goodwin's come on the scene. Who even knew he was still in the league? Um, but I really, I mean, for a team that's not really been a terrific offense the past few seasons, um, you know, going to a, a really a, a career backup in Geno Smith and yeah. looking like a rebuilding year, leading their division in their QBs, you know, top three in, in passing grades so far this season. So, Geno Smith, man, I love what he's doing. He's got to be, you know, an MVP, close to an MVP frontrunner at this point. He's at least in the conversation. Um, so those three QBs and, and their play, we'll see if it, it – it, we'll see. I guess here's a question for you. We're eight weeks in. Those are the top three th- three um, graded passers. Of those three guys, who would you expect to, to maintain over the next eight weeks, nine weeks, and in, in, in the season as a top three passer? Who is the best chance out of those three? Oh man, that's a, a good question. Unfortunately, I wish I could go with Geno Smith there, but I just I can't see it quite enough. I think uh, I think the way Hurts plays bodes well for it. Not a ton of I mean, took a couple shots last week to AJ Brown, but they all got caught deep balls. But for the most part, I kind of think of Hurts and the Philly offenses. You know, a lot of like six, seven yard slants. He Goddard over the middle, maybe a quick uh, screen pass out to Devontae Smith. Uh, kind of run an offense like that where it does re- bode really well to have a high completion percentage um, and just trust some of your guys to get some yards after the catch. Um, but I think I would probably go with Tua. I think Tua showed more improvement than any other quarterback in the league this year. Uh, I was pretty out on Tua last year, um, even the year before too. I was calling for, for Miami to stick with Fitz. Um, but Tua this year actually looks a lot better. Um, he's got some awesome weapons. I mean, Tyreek Hill is for real, and uh, Waddle is playing really well right now too. So uh, I actually think I would probably stick with Tua. I like it. I'm 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 going with that as well, man. As long as McDaniel, my guy Mike McDaniel, can keep getting Tua easy looks <laughs> with the the elite speed at receiver that he has. I mean, Tua 
leading the NFL in yards per attempt right now. So he's getting the ball. I mean, despite even though every deep shot he throws, it seems like it's five to ten yards underthrown, and the receiver's got to go make a play. He's still getting chunk gains, pushing the ball downfield, um, and a lot of that's uh, a byproduct of, of the offense that McDaniel's created there for him and, and the playmakers that he has. So, um, you know, gun to my head, I'm not going to go my family's head on this one, but gun to my head, I'm, I'm probably going to it there as well. I, I like what I've seen out of Geno. Um, I love what I've seen and heard so far, but um, I just think, you know, Tua, the offense that he's got around him, I have more faith in him maintaining this incredible start than I do the other two. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of Tua, speaking about Jalen Hurts and, you know, what we saw happen to to them back in college in the uh, college football playoffs, let's use that to segue in. we got uh, about 10 minutes left here. We're uh, probably going on the pod for about 50 minutes, so let's try and keep this short, but Wanted to hit, you know, to wrap things up, a couple massive, massive college football games this year. And uh, let's start talking with uh, about Bama. Um, they are going into Tiger Stadium, face-off, number 10 LSU. Bama, number six in the country right now. Um, only one loss, just that loss to Tennessee. Uh, but Bama coming in as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. What do you feel about that line? Man, 13 and a half points. I mean, I get it's Bama. I get it's Bama. But Bama has not looked like their, their usual self this season. Um, you know, losing, taking an L to Tennessee at Tennessee, not the worst loss. That's a great team. Um, as we've seen, they're number one in the country at this point and have looked terrific all season. Um, but, you know, some, some almost a, a, lot, a game that maybe should have lost. I mean, yes, Bryce Young was not there against A&M, but struggled in that one. They've, they've kind of struggled throughout this season. Uh, really maybe should have lost that Texas game as well, the yeah. game that Bryce Young played in. Um, so Bama, they've looked um, you know, susceptible to lose um, at, at multiple points this season. Um, LSU obviously lost two games, but they're picking up a lot of momentum uh, coming off a bye uh, and previously beating Ole Miss at home. Um, so, man... 13 and a half is a lot of points. I, I get the Bama respect, um, but Death Valley is a tough place to play, man. I really like the momentum this LSU team has. You know, Brian Kelly, at coach too, um, you know, not a guy who's had a lot of success against Saban and Bama. I think he's gotten housed in every meeting. Um, but, man, I, I think this is a new era of LSU football. Um, I'm excited for this game. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to make a prediction that LSU wins it, but man, I think it's it's more competitive than a lot of people think, and I really like LSU to cover that 13 half. I think this is a close game, and you know if LSU can keep it tight enough, um, you know I think that they're going to have a chance to win. But man, when 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 it's nut cutting time, right at the end of the game, man, I don't think I trust anyone more than Bryce Young. His his yeah. poise in those big moments, his ability to just make the right play, whether it's with his legs or with his arm. Um, you know, I just, I just, I trust him to, to kind of go out and win that game when, you know, keep them in playoff contention, but I'm, I'm stoked for this one. And, and I, I love that, you know, even despite LSU's slip up, uh, against Florida state and, you know, losing to Tennessee, Hey, they're sitting at 10th in the country right now, you know, Bama coming to death Valley. Um, they can win this. They're, they're smack dab in the middle of that playoff conversation, which who would have thought that would uh, be the case after week one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but before we get to that game on Saturday, there's a big one, 2.30, um, college game day, number one, Tennessee, visiting Athens to take on number three, Georgia. Georgia coming in as an eight-point favorite. A lot of respect coming on that line to Georgia. Um, what are you looking forward to in that one? What do you think the outcome is there? Man, well, I'll start the disrespect to be over the seven <laughs> line, over the seven, you know, getting through the seven, all the way eight-point favorites. I get there at home. But Tennessee's one in the country, man, and they've looked terrific. Um, they beat Bama, they housed LSU in Death Valley, um, and they just came off a massive beatdown against, yes, a Kentucky team that's probably not as good as everyone thought. Um, but, man, they've checked all the boxes this season. Tennessee's looked terrific, and um, there's no reason, I think, to, that they should be eight-point dogs in this game. Um, yes, Georgia's impressive. Yes, they've got Stetson Bennett at QB. Yes, they're the defending national champs, but, man, I'm taking Tennessee in this one. I like Tennessee. I think they're having that storybook season. I love their coach, Josh Heupel. Um, I love what I've seen out of their QB, Hendon Hooker. Um, and, yeah, I get I get the Georgia love, man. But, 
hey, this this defense is not the same defense they had last season. Yes, it's been good, um, but man, they, they don't have the same blue chip talent I think that they did last season. You saw, I mean, how many guys got drafted in the first and second round last year? Yeah. Their whole defense, and yes, they, they got a ton of talent that you know came back and, 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 and you know went up the depth chart with those guys departing, but uh, I just I think the eight point line is is quite frankly abominable to Tennessee team getting no respect going to Georgia. Um, they're gonna I mean talk about a chip on their shoulder coming in as the number one team in the country. First time that team's been number one in the polls for for quite some time, probably since the Peyton Manning era, and uh, and you know getting no respect. Eight point dogs going into UGA, man. I think they're gonna use that as fuel, and I think they come out and win this game. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I think you do make a good point. This Georgia team this year, it is not the same Georgia team we saw last year. But I've still got Georgia coming out of this one. I think it's closer than the eight-point spread for sure. Uh, but I think Georgia pulls this one off. Um, but, uh, you know, interested to know, and we can keep this quick, playoff prediction right now. Gun to your head. <laughs> uh, give, give me your four teams. Man, well, I, I, I just... It's tough because you're going to get one of the two in Ohio State and Michigan. And I'm going to go with what we know. Yes, Michigan won last year. Yes, they've looked impressive this year. Um, but I'm trusting Ryan Day, C.J. Stroud, and Ohio State to find a way to win that conference. I will say, um, you know, that, that game in uh, – I believe it's it's going to be in – is it in it? I'm not sure exactly where it is. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, that, that game will dictate a lot. And, the winner of that game it looks like they're going to see the fighting Illini in the big yeah. the, the, uh, the Big Ten title. So that's not even a sure thing. But um, if gun to my head right now, I think I, I like Ohio State to be one of those four. Um, I think you're going to get at least two SEC teams. Uh, I trust Bama uh, to take care of business in a close one against LSU this week. Uh, win out and then play in the SEC title game. Um, with one loss, so if, if if Bama can can run the table and win that SC title game, I think they're in. Um, and then really, it comes down to I think the winner of this game this week between Tennessee and Georgia, who's going to have a chance to to represent the East um, and, and play for the SEC and play for that title game. And um, I'm picking Tennessee, so I think you know if Georgia goes down, Tennessee were to lose in that big uh, or SEC title game against Bama, I think you have a chance to get all three of those teams in. Um, you know, yeah. over a TCU or a Clemson, who who very well could be undefeated, but I just think you know the, that SEC bias is real. Um, so we'll see how things play out in, in the SEC. I'm forecasting at least two, potentially three teams, and you know we'll see how things shake out in the SEC. Um, but other than that, if, you know, if, if if Clemson and TCU in the season undefeated um, right now, TCU getting no respect. Uh, they're they're seventh in the polls, whereas Clemson's fourth. Both are eight zero. Um, man, I think Clemson. Or excuse me, TCU's got the resume over Clemson. So if they both run the table, um, you know, I, I don't know how the committee will do it. Uh, but man, I, I would be advocating for TCU if there's that four spot available and it's against, it's, yeah. it comes down to Clemson and TCU, man. I'm all for TCU. I, I've been much more impressed with what they've done and, and you know, the, the, the teams that they've played. Um, so yeah, I think their resume without question tops Clemson's. And I don't think we can continue to default to this bias. Yes, Clemson's been there. Yes. We get Dabo. We get we get we get he's you know college football playoff staple at this point. Um, but man, I, I just think you know you got to throw the bias aside and look at who's been the better team this season. And, and in my opinion, it's been TCU. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I, I agree with the throw the bias aside point, except for that SEC bias because you know ask me right now who do I think are the three best teams in the country? I might tell you Tennessee, Georgia, and Bama. And then I think Ohio State's in that mix, and I think that it might be the four best teams. I, I definitely see that be becoming a tough scenario to actually work out that way. A lot would have to fall in place. Um, and we could have a totally different answer after this weekend, a bunch of these big games. But uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I think the SEC is really good. So it's going to be fun to see it shake out. Um, but let's find a way to get TCU in there. I think they can do it. I think there's a chance they could run the table here. I'm not going to jinx it, but would be fun to see. Man, they got, I think, four or five games left. Uh, it's happened in previous seasons with the Big 12. You know, you think that whether it's OU or whoever it may be, Oklahoma State, 
you know, can they get through unscathed? You know, they're, they're likely, I mean, at this point, yes, for sure. They're going to have to go undefeated if they want a chance uh, at yeah. that college football playoff berth. Um, and in past years, you always see that Big 12 team slip up against an inferior opponent. Um, but I agree, man. I think, you know, TCU, they're going to be favored in every game they play for the rest of the season. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think Sonny Dykes gets that team through the end of this season unscathed, undefeated, and with a real argument to, to be in that Final Four. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, let's wrap it there. Another good pod. Um, felt good to, to uh, get back on some NFL and, uh, you know, get get through the midseason um, kind of conversation there. But uh, another good episode in the books, man. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm glad we had this touch point halfway through the NFL <laughs> season to – to understand a little bit of unpack and understand, hey, where, where are we at? Where do we think we're going to go towards the end of the season? A lot, a lot left to do. We'll see if um, the Jaguars can make a run here in the AFC. Yeah. We'll see um, what plays out in the wide open NFC. You know, can can the Packers wake up? Can the Bucks wake up? Some of those teams that have been there in years past. You know, hey, we're eight weeks in, so TikTok for for those guys and those teams. But um, yeah, great episode. I'm looking forward to this college football Saturday, man. Too blue chip matchups that should have quite a few playoff implications um man i'm excited and uh, hey we'll be back whether it's next week the week after um to continue breaking down whether it's nba nfl man, we'll, we'll be throwing it all the truth your way absolutely throwing it all your way um you know barton probably good idea for for the drifters to go through a future on uh, the jaguars playoff odds hey right. man lock it in <laughs> we'll let them do it but cool That'll wrap it. We'll talk to y'all later. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Later, truthers.